0: everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of The Chat. Oh my goodness, today is a very special episode as we're celebrating the birthday of our amazing co-host, Alan Sarapa, who was born on April 9th. And to celebrate said birthday, we have a very special guest joining us. But before we get into who that guest is, let's say hello to our co-host, Alan, the birthday guy. How are you? I'm great. Awesome. And Tiggs, what about yourself here? I'm doing pretty good, Casey. Great. And so without further ado, off and on from 1989 to the show series finale in 2009, she played the role of tortured heroine, Beth Brains, on mm-hmm. one of the longest running scripted programs in broadcast history, Guiding Light. In March of 2008, Minnie turned to her to achieve better health with her kettlebell workout, and she has over 20 acting credits to her name we're talking about none other than the Emmy award nominated actress Beth Chamberlain. Beth, how are you?
1: I'm very good, thank you. Been a busy night around here though. My son um my son is a senior in high school and uh we were just on accepting um his admit admittance to um Penn State. So, oh um gosh. big <laughs> night. Yes, That's big great. night here. We did um we did sort of uh bagged the whole housing and food plan after a certain point because i said i gotta do this interview and this is a lot to read i gotta figure <laughs> out what meal plan and you know so yeah lots of choices when they get uh to this age
0: definitely so how does that feel for you you know about to be an empty nester and send off your baby <laughs>
1: um you know it Right at the moment, I have to admit that it doesn't feel quite real, um, and it's just, you know, your child is seven, right?
0: Yeah. So I, um, actually, I co raised my nephew. So, oh, yeah, I see. I've, yeah, I've been honored to, uh, just you know, watch him from a little baby to now a first grader.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you got like you got a whole ways to go before you get to this very stressful stage um of when applying to schools then the decision about which one and you go to you know you're visiting all these different places too to see um you know what's a good fit and what's maybe not and and it's just there's frankly there's just a lot of angst leading up to it the whole application process and everything and then um so, you know, I think, I think it's that sort of thing, like about him being away, I think that's not gonna hit me until like the summer, like when he graduates from high school or something. I think right now we're so in the midst of there's so much to take care of that. Um, and I am also in the midst of this, I'm also taking um, an 11th, 11 month certification program through Stanford University. So that is another whole, you know, thing that I'm doing where I have lots of work that I have to get done, um, on a timeline for that course. So it kind of feels like life right now is a little bit of, um, a lot of juggling, lots of juggling right now.
0: Definitely. Well, I, we wish your family continued success. Of course, Thank This you. is so many great milestones coming to you guys. That's amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, also she good. don't
2: look stressed. I mean, Bill, <laughs> great. Like Thank you line's been gone almost fourteen years, and you look the same. You look the same as you did twenty years ago. So whatever you're doing, if you still must around with that kettlebell girl, I love you. you so keep going. Much. You keep going because <laughs> you look well, listen. great
1: that, you know, exercise and it's awfully helpful when you own a, a gym, right? You've got to be working out. You don't really have a choice. And, and I always say that I'm sort of, a am sort of lazy about working out. I don't really like, I have somebody that works for me. She loves to work out. I am not that way. I am somebody <laughs> that I, I go in almost every day and think, I don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this, but I have to do it because I own a gym and I'm leading boot camp classes. So I have no choice. So I think there, that is very helpful having, you know, working out at that level. I mean, you know, at least three to four times a week. So um, I'm, I'm actually really thankful that I ended up getting into this because I, you know, I'm one of those people that I did everything. I couldn't stick with anything before I did this. So, um, so yeah, so this, um I'm, I'm grateful. I I feel like my life would be very diff different if I hadn't found this and I and I didn't end up having a gym where I like I said, when you have a gym you don't have a lot of excuses. You know, when you own it. Yeah, <laughs> stuff, you gotta like do you it. have to be in shape because you're telling other people to do this stuff. Um but yeah, you don't have a good excuse for not working out. It's there, you know, you, you have your space. So, um, so yeah, so I feel like I, I do feel, I mean, certainly, uh, there are lots of, I wouldn't have opened it if Guiding Light hadn't been canceled, you know, um, so uh, there are lots of times that I'm wishing Guiding Light was not canceled, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I am, I'm grateful that I was able to find this, and I you know something that I would like to say is um you know after guiding Light was cancelled and I'm you know obviously I sold bills like everybody else, and um I didn't really know what to do, you know what, what am I going to do for regular money and um and I was actually reading a book um uh, by Marianne Williamson. It's called The Law of Divine Compensation. I, anybody that is listening to this that might be going through their own life changes, I uh, this book was really helpful for me. And one of the biggest things that was helpful for me was um, at one point in the book, she says um, something to the effect of, if you're struggling and you don't know where to go right now, she said, you know, uh, it." probably your next move is probably very close to you and she was giving an analogy how she said you know native americans knew that wherever there was something poisonous there would be something close to that that was an antidote to that poison so you know she was she was saying it's the same thing in your life probably in if you're if you're going through life changes i can't remember exactly how she said it but she said look closer and see what's right there and for me it was the fitness stuff and that, that's that's kind of how um I ended up starting that fitness um business was from um was from that reading that book and interestingly a friend of mine had told me to read it like I don't know two or three years before and I went yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't want to read that book and I was actually at my son's school. They were having their, um, uh, you know, book fair. And I was volunteering. And that book was propped up right there. And I was there for, you know, hours. And you have times when the kids are coming in, but you have hours where you're just sitting there waiting for somebody to come in. There's nothing going on. And that book was, that of all books was propped up right there. So that's how I started looking at it. And um, And then got it from the book fair. And that's how I I ended up reading it. So, you know, you never know. You know, life kind of maybe sometimes gives you the messages um, that you need.
0: Just like you mentioned, you know, there's many twists and turns in life, in real life. Um, But there were also so many twists and turns with your character on Guiding Life. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And I know that our co-host, Alan, has a very interesting question for you, and I'm curious to see sure. how you
1: answer this. <laughs> sure. So Beth went through a lot, yes. falling out
0: of a tower. Yes, yeah. way to flash flood in Mexico, and then had of some personality. <laughs> yes. What was your favorite storyline to play as, Beth?
1: What was my favorite storyline? Mm-hmm. What You just said? Yeah. Um, can I answer it in two parts? Because <laughs> yeah, my favorite storyline as was probably when I first came back to the show where it was who shot Carl, a uh, story that ended up that it was Lizzie that shot, you know, he had been beating me in Arizona. And that's kind of why I came back to Springfield to get away from him. And so it was probably all of that stuff that was um, who shot Carl then leading into um, Philip and I end up on that in that plane crash. I get pregnant, then Lizzie has leukemia, and um, I'm pregnant with Philip's baby, but not telling Jim. And then, then Philip ends up telling Jim. <laughs> and it was like, so all of that I thought was it was so that was such a good story. Oh my gosh. And we didn't know who killed Carl. So we're all reading the scripts trying to figure out who killed Carl. And um but it was so, I mean, it was fun. We all worked so cohesively together in that too. Um, we, like we were, for example, you know, because on soaps so what people don't understand is, you know, writers are working so fast, you know? Uh, so there, there can be like, you know, mistakes or something in a script because they're just working so fast and different uh, script writers are writing different things. so. We were all working so cohesively together to go, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a mistake because the shoes were actually supposed to be here, not where it's written in the script. And so we were sort of we would be catching these small little things. But if it's a mystery, you know, it is important. So that that then the other part of that was the Laura Live story. It was so much fun. And also, I, you know, Lucky Gold was very generous in allowing me to have some input on this character so um so that was was great that you know i had you know some input not where where story was going but who the character was overall um so that she could be really well differentiated from beth and um So that was great. And I was saying, like, David McDonald and I, you know, so much when you're on soap, so much you're playing so much angst all the time. And we used to go in and we would laugh every day with that Lorelei storyline. I mean, we just had so much fun. We'd be saying, let's do the scene again. Not because we didn't know what the scene was, or because we had to work out it. because We were having so much fun. We were laughing our heads off all the time. It was just, we just we just had such a ball working together on that so it's kind of you know i sort of think of even though lorelei was beth i think of them as being two really different characters very no much. they so. were
2: and you did a great yeah. job because Thank even when i'm like is this another twin no no because
0: you did a yeah, good know. job and i was
2: like okay we'll tell y'all the same person i that made it even better for me. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, I'm like, okay, Ben.
1: All right. That was actually
0: my era of Guiding the Light because Lucky Golden actually was a good head writer.
1: Yes. yes yeah, like he that was. He was he really, good. really. Um, and I actually liked too another story that he liked that some people didn't like, but I loved that time travel story that he did too, where you know that was with Olivia and Josh, and I, I love that story. I mean, some people didn't seem to care for it as much, but I loved it. Um, and um, yeah, and the fun thing about the Lorelei thing was it was really interesting because there were, I was, there were actually three characters there. There was Beth, who was, who she really was, um, uh, that Lorelei didn't know. Um, then there was Lorelei, and then there was Lorelai's version of Beth Lorelai pretending to be Beth so that she obviously didn't have quite right that <laughs> you know <laughs> Lorelai was pretending to be Beth she you know couldn't she couldn't be perfect at it right she had to be a little off so that was really fun too that was like you know figuring out these different people figuring out okay how would someone like Lorelai pretend to be Beth and um so it was fun, and you know, and and I think, as you know, I I to help myself in creating this character, I wrote um I wrote a basically a whole backstory in a diary, which what I did was I created this thing that was different but parallel to Beth's actual story, um so that you know that would be threaded in there for um, unconsciously for her. Um, when I was playing her. Um, so anyhow, yeah, so it was really, it was, you know, like all characters, when you're first finding the character, it's it's very challenging. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into finding the character. And um, so that was, was a lot of work. Um, but then once you have a character, and that's how I work, I work from having a character i always call it i work from the ground up so first i have who my character is and then i can add to that with individual scenes and what's going on and um so once you have the character though you have this base and then you can start to really fly and really have fun and um and i was fortunate too because they had beth basically die in the flood or as far as we knew and um so i had like a month off but i knew the character was coming but i just didn't know i didn't know exact storyline um early on but i knew basically who the character was going to be and as i said lucky let me say some things about where i wanted i i obviously wanted her to have an accent because i wanted to make sure it was very easy for the audience to differentiate if at some point there's Beth and there's Lorelei. And, um, so anyhow, so we were able to, and I had started working with a coach on my accent, you know, and, um, and it was actually great because, um, uh, he actually played, uh, um, a recording of a bunch of different, um, accents for me, you know, Southern accents with sort of, decided where she was going to be from basically, and there was just one accent that I was like um that's it that's how she should sound and so and it's it was a you know sort of a specific uh regional accent uh in the south with you know different um which was fun too because you know it wasn't that typical um r that is pronounced like an a often in the south it was more of a hard r so it was like certain certain things that were very uh, specific to this particular region of West Virginia is kind of what we were um going for and that was really that was that was really fun to to have that opportunity to get to work on something like that
0: wow. now of course before all these storylines began and came up for your portrayal as Beth you had to find your way onto the show. So, talk to us about that. How did you become the second full-time actress to play this role? Um, well, that was really
1: um, so. What originally happened was um, I had auditioned for the role of Mindy. Um, I, you know, in that same year, but I can't remember how many months apart that was. And um, I, you know, I'd made it to screen testing. And um, the wonderful Betty Ray was the casting director when um, I got cast. I feel so fortunate that I, you know, got to be cast by her, got to have that experience of being in a casting room with her because she was amazing. Um, And so anyhow, so I had my screen test and obviously didn't get the role and um, had heard later that what they said was they said, she just seems more like a Beth than she does a Mindy. <laughs> so, but at that time, they weren't planning on casting a Beth. And um, and then, you know, however many months later, um, actually, I sort of, my agent had left the office I was with, so I wasn't really being submitted or anything. But Guiding Light called for an audition for this role of Beth and uh so you know my the person was at the agency you know got yes it took the audition and i went in on it and um and then obviously screen tested in um funny with my screen test uh it was a very emotional scene uh that i was screen testing with grant and um you know for me you know everybody's different but for me when i have to do heavy emotional scenes i have to set I have to set it up. I have to have all these different places along the way to get me to that point where I will be emotional crying. Um you know, i it's not like a circus trick that I can just go like that. And um so I had all of that for myself, and um but, you know, still being sort of a um, young actor and nervous about my whole screen test I was doing all of those hitting all of those points in dry rehearsal that you know in blocking, in camera blocking in dress rehearsal, so every time I'm doing it i'm I'm getting myself to sobbing. so what happened was um, so we go through it, we get to actually taping it, and I'm literally emotionally exhausted from doing this all day and I'm sort of not hitting my my psychological marks in it to get me to that place so I knew I wasn't and so I pretended that I'd forgotten my line I hadn't but I pretended that I had because I wanted to start over again and um they wouldn't let me they said no, just oh, pick no. it up from there. And I went, oh, <laughs> dude, no, I'm really screwed. So I did, and um, I, you know, I I think at some point in it, I did start sobbing because I thought I was so messing up my audition.
0: <laughs>
1: and, but you know, was continuing with the audition, but I was actually crying <laughs> over the audition, and. Um, and so then I finished and I left and I as I'm, I'm leaving Betty Ray's there and I'm and then I'm really crying. I'm going, oh, my God, I messed it up so bad. I messed it up. Oh, my God. And um, and they were like, no, you didn't. What do you, you know? And um, so I left. I felt terrible about myself. I was screen testing in New York and I, I was living in Los Angeles at the time. I'd lived in New York for many years, so I was staying with my best friend. And I went back to her apartment and I was just bereft. I felt so bad about myself. I thought, you blew it. You really blew it then. And, um, you know, I sat down like I do a lot. I just started journaling, you know, just to kind of get it out and say, okay, you know, you messed up. You know, how are you going to correct this in the future? What are you going to, you know, what are you going to learn from this? And I did sort of, I kind of got myself to a place, I mean, I'll say it was probably, I think that was like on a Thursday. And I think I was there. I think I flew back on Sunday. It was probably like three days before I was able to go, okay, it's okay. You know what, it's okay, Beth. You, you know, you did everything right, except for when you got there, you didn't trust that you could do it, you know, so you were doing it every every time and you know so anyhow um and i just kind of got myself to a place of acceptance and i'll say that on monday morning i had a audition to go to i went to the audition and as i'm driving home i thought i think i got that role <laughs> like it was like i thought i think i did get it you know and sure enough you know that was obviously before cell phones i got home and there was a message on the machine that i had I had booked the role so um then i started crying
0: again <laughs> so, <laughs> For so, a good reason. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah so yes yeah, so it was that but it was very um it definitely was very difficult that first time for me on um i mean first of all um they originally had a different story for me coming back which i knew that story i won't go into it um because i don't know if they would want it but they had a different story for coming back then Procter and gamble did not like the story so um pam long was the writer she had to um, come up with something else entirely so that's how it came up with that i was mute in a phasic and um and so that was um it was hard in a way to start a show like that especially for somebody that this is my first contract role you know it was and So that was difficult. Um, You know, it was, it was, it was just, it was a very, I would say a very difficult time for me. It was also such an overwhelming amount of work. Um, Once I did start talking, um, (laughs) it was so much, you know, I was working five days a week. There was, and back then, you know, you would every day you'd get in at seven and you would go until they were done taping, which was, which was, Back then it would be like one, two in the morning and Mm -hmm. then back the next day you would shoot, uh, you know, and because I was lonely man on the totem pole, I would be up last shooting, you know, so, um, so that's why I was there late every night and, um, uh, yeah, and it was just, it was really overwhelming, um, uh, just a hard time, and I was also going through a very hard time personally, uh, too, during that time. Um, I, was, it, I, I won't go into it, but it was a very, very difficult time for me. And so when I came back to the show, actually, um, um, I think I wisely um, followed what I would see Beverly McKenzie and Michael Zaslow do which both of them worked the same way, which was, they would learn all of their scripts on the weekend so that they knew everything. So then they just had to refresh. So that's when I came back to the show, I went that that's the way to work because you can't, you can't do 60 pages of dialogue learning it when, you know, the night before at eight o'clock at night, when you've worked all day, you just, you can't, you know? So that's how I started working and that, that really worked well for me. Then I was like, oh, and then I could plan the week. I could arc the week as far as, okay, this is where I want the high point of the week to be. And this is where I want it to lead up to. And, you know, so, you know, that was really, you know, knowing two actors like that and, um, and then I also went to Mae Kincaid too. She was somebody else too that I had, I just asked, she, she and I were living in the same town. So we would sometimes drive in together and I would, I would ask her for advice. I mean, obviously, um, uh, Tina Sloan is, you know, she's my son's godmother. So we're, you know, very close and, um, and so talking to her, but I was, you know, I was really, I really learned from that first time to take the information from those vets that had been doing it so well for a long time, to really take what they knew and um, and, and to follow their their lead. And, and that really, really helped me um, coming back to the show.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Wow, what a journey. <laughs> yeah, it was quite a journey. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, now, I know, you know, we all know Guiding Light's sadly been off the air for many years now, um, and we have four soaps on the air, and I know our co-host Tiggs here had a question for you about the current state of daytime, so Tiggs, take it away.
2: Well, Beth, what I want to know is if you were able to, like, get back into daytime, what type of role would you want? Would you want something similar to Breath, or Lorelei, would you just want something totally different?
1: Well... Uh, I have to say, first off, I want to say I was very fortunate with the character of Beth, right? Because, um, early on I found, uh, I'm going to be honest. I found her a little boring early on because she was always doing the right thing, you know, (laughs) "Ah, again. So it was, um, I felt very fortunate when, um, they decided to sort of do different things with Beth, right? Um, That they would have her get crazy at times and, you know, and get desperate and do all these. And um, so that's really fun to have so much to sink your teeth into with that and various things. Um, I think um, I shot um, a series uh, recently, a Latin series, and um, and I play a very bad character, um, and uh, and you know it's 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 definitely fun to play a bad character. <laughs> it's it's fun, you know, and and I so I, I would say I'm not so sure that I would want to be a heroine again i think i more enjoy being someone that's either unpredictable or um uh or you know a troublemaker or something like that it's um i i think that that is a little more fun to play for me
0: have any yeah. of the soaps reached out to you to come back ever in the years since guiding lights been off um you know I'm trying to think because it's, um,
1: now there has been so long, there's so much water in the bridge. I'm thinking, did anybody? Um, I mean, I know there have been a couple of times, um, I can't say recently, sometimes I don't even know about where I've been, um, asked for my real, you know,
0: Uh-oh. um,
1: but, um, but a lot of times these days, I'm not even sure that I would know that because, um, I think if somebody was to ask, it's like on Vimeo that they would just give them the link and um and they could just uh look at it. So so you know, I can't say that I know that anybody has in the last few years asked um for that. But um but I, I mean I know I know over the years there have been at times that I've heard, well, can we see her can we see her real? and um and it's definitely something that i tend to like i have from this um latin series that i shot there's you know some scenes that i need to edit and put on my reel because they're that you know that uh. <laughs> very very powerful um but you know uh evil character that's um that would be good for me to have on my reel and i just kind of I haven't gotten around to it.
2: <laughs> you should. Like, I remember when God and Light ended, I wishful casted you as Liza Kobe on All My Children. Oh, yeah. Because what if, I, yeah. I, adore, I adore Jamie Lunar, but she was miscast. Mm-hmm. It is no shade, she was miscast. And Beth, you would have been perfect. You were in the right age range. Yeah. You have that bitchy ice cream thing going on yeah. like Marcy Walker had. You would have been great.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, that would have, that's a a great role too. Wow. That, that, yeah, that is a great role. I, I, yeah, I wish I had, um, um, I I don't recall, like I said, it's been so long that I can't recall some things, but I don't recall ever, um, hearing about that being something that people, um, thought of me for either, but you're right. That would have been a good role, um, for me. And especially now, I mean, I, I don't know, for various reasons, I think a lot of the roles that I go up for now um, uh, tend to be that type of character, that sort of um, uh, bitchy, powerful, um, you know, uh, upper class character uh, in general. That's what I, a lot of things that I go up for that I'm on hold for, it's it's a similar character. to that, which is fine. <laughs> you
2: know? I mean, I think you should because I, I get what you were saying about Beth. It's like, yeah, I think it's because they continue to write Beth like Judy Evans's version. Yeah. And mind yeah. you, Judy Evans was like 22 in that yes. role. Like, yes. you were a grown ass woman when you came. You like, <laughs> okay, uh, Beth is like 30 now. So yes. I need her. <laughs> her like, you, know, <laughs> you know, Lizzie's in the second grade, you know. James hadn't came yet. So I'm just like, okay, like, I need something. <laughs> like, something like, and then when the Lorelai thing came along, it was like, okay, she has something to do. Because Beth wouldn't just, they kind of almost just, Beth and Mindy almost became interchangeable. It's like Mindy almost got messier than Beth after a while. And it's just like, they they were two different characters. They were never that similar. You know what I'm saying? And, and Philip he didn't go for boring women. So it's like, you know, Phillip, Beth had something about her. And yes. I'm glad that they were able to give you like, even when she took Alan and Gus hostage. It's like a lot of people, but that's not a character for Beth. And it's like, I mean, yes, if you're counting Beth from 15 years ago, but I mean, after at that point, after everything Beth had been through, she snapped. What like you, think you, think you, know, you know, yeah. I have a question about that. Alan yeah, has a not sure.
0: So yeah, when Beth had Alan gets hostage in the cabin, and Jude Sutton was playing all the time. Did you worry that they were taking you back too far?
1: Well, see, this is one of the things, I mean, at least for me, being on a soap, you often have story that you have to justify that, you know, you might at first say, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. what am I doing now? But at the same time, that's one of the challenges I would say about being on a soap um, is that you have to find a way to make it work. You know, so and I do feel I was very fortunate with the character of Beth because she had this this terrible history of um, of abuse. So I felt like, well, in her case, that's really something that I can lean on. I can lean on this abuse, having left her broken in this way that, you know, in in a sense, this this brokenness can be the source of why she snaps. You know, something has triggered her in this brokenness and has had, you know, this this uh, psychological um, uh, break in her. So I I was and I would lean on that a lot with Beth when they had Beth do things that seemed like, (laughs) wait a minute, what? Um, I'd really lean on her on her past and her childhood and how there was a broken there was a broken child underneath this woman so i could really use that that a lot um but uh yeah and that's another you know another that brings to mind another well um two other people that i loved working with was um one is ron rains we had so much fun working together i mean i know people were like beth is with alan what you know but um but he and i had a great time we would we were working together and every day we'd go and have lunch in his dressing room together. Uh (laughs) We're like, like, oh, we're going to have lunch now. And it was just, we just had this really nice um, uh, time together. It was just, it was really, really nice. And then, um, and then John Driscoll, you know, that was quite the shocker, you know, go reading that script and going, Beth Rose, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) I
0: loved it.
2: It was so
1: good. so that was really, um, you know, and that was that was really just just fun. And he was a sweetheart. And um, uh, so, yeah, like, you know, I, I really I feel like I was certainly very fortunate on that show that I just I got so many um, different lovely people that I had the opportunity to to work with um, with that. So, uh, yeah, it's. it's sometimes when I think it's off and then I think of some of the people that were on the show, um, you know, that have passed away, um, Mm -hmm. it's almost hard to, it's, it's hard to wrap my head around that, you know?
0: Now for all of this amazing work, and sometimes it goes out of my mind with, this number because i'm so shocked you've only had one daytime emmy nomination for this yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah so
0: i mean amazing though that you did snag one but it's so crazy because to me you're one of the best actresses to ever do it in this genre oh
1: thank but, you
0: <laughs> so best. she it- had about at least four at least oh, four. thank yeah, you four, thank and you. at least four wins too that. oh okay. thank, thank you so what did it mean to you to get that nomination, especially for the show's final season?
1: Yeah, um, it was, um, it, I mean, it was, it was, it was very emotional. Um, you know, and emotional in a lot of ways, it was emotional because there, definitely there were um, years that, I it's definitely a little bit difficult, and I want to say, um, it was the year that I came back, I think, with all of the the story with who killed Carl and everything. That was really di- that was a year that like Paul Roush was the executive producer, and I know that Paul Roush was like, was saying, you know, I was a shoo in to win, you know, the best actress, you know, for that, and then I didn't even get a nomination. So, you know, you're you're your expectations get, you know, and then it's like, oh, (laughs) never mind. And, um, so there was that. And, um, and so when it happened, um, it was really, it was very emotional and it was also emotional, um, because in some ways I couldn't share it with some of these people that I loved. I mean, I could share it with them, but you know, via phone, we weren't working together. It wasn't that, um, that thing. And all my people weren't with me at the awards, you know, so it was, uh, you know, it was, it was mixed feelings, but I'm certainly, um, I'm proud of it. And I'm, I'm very happy, um, that I had the one, you know, so, um, yeah. So I think, yeah, there was just a lot of emotion involved in it.
0: Um, Tiggs, what is your next question for Beth? Uh,
2: Beth. Well, of course, obviously, besides Tina Sloan, have you kept in contact, close contact, with anybody else from the show since um since gotten Light* wrapped?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, um, obviously Tina and uh, Grant as well. Um, although Grant and I, I mean, we haven't. Uh, he hasn't been in New York as much, so you know, we're texting like. Well, when are you going to be around so we can get together? And um, so um, so but, you know, we stay in contact. Um, uh, You remember Orla Cassidy, right? She played. Um, Oh, yes. Yeah. So uh, I actually do some other work, some um, consulting work as well, that um, I actually hire Orla to work with me with. So I see her. It's. sporadic, like we'll go through, like right now I'm seeing her every Tuesday because of this um, consulting work that I hire her to do uh, with me. So, so I'm definitely in contact with her uh, very regularly. I mean, it's kind of a funny thing because, um, you know, it's just, we've all got our different lives going on, but, you know, we were all at a um a lot of us were at a show um, oh, yes,
0: white girl a couple yeah,
1: yeah, a couple weeks ago. and it really is one of those things like you get together with the people that you were you know friendly with on the show, and it's like no time has passed, you know, it's really just, and and you're like, oh, I wish we had more time to just chat and talk and and maybe we you know now that it's becoming more of the post covid era, maybe you know, maybe we'll. Have some in person get together um again for a you know fan club uh, gathering or something because um you, you know you it's just so much fun when you when you do get together, but we all you know we all have different lives going on we don't necessarily live close to one another, so um we don't we don't you just don't see one another as much
0: now that um every Fan of a CBS soap opera ever got very sad news that Elizabeth Hubbard from As the World Turns had passed yes. um, away this past weekend. um What does it mean to you to hear of her passing of such a CBS daytime giant and somebody who was so admired on Guiding Light's sister show, As the World Turns?
1: Um, you know, it's uh, it's like I said before in some ways when your show is canceled there's a little bit of well didn't time stop there (laughs) so (laughs) nobody aged right nobody so it's a little sometimes these things I think are a little hard to wrap your head around now I did not know I mean I met her but I didn't know Elizabeth um, so I can't speak to the, the woman herself. Certainly she's an icon, uh, an incredible um actress and um um but it's you know, so I guess what I feel is all of these people like the Beverly Mackenzies, the Michael Zaslow, the all of these people that have passed that were really these icons and soaps and they were they were um there were workhorses too. I mean, they they Approached it with such professionalism, um, and um, and really kind of I think you know paved the way for for everything that that came after in the in the heyday of soaps that that came in the um, you know seventies eighties and um, maybe a little bit in the nineties to early nineties.
0: Well, Beth, before uh, we let you go, first off, please come back anytime. We've loved sure, having you. Sure, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you for Damn, having me. If anything you got going on.
1: Okay, well, I'll <laughs> tell you, I know my, um the Latin series that I'm doing is uh, La Reina del Sur. And it is uh, season three. That will be on Netflix, I believe, in October. Um, so there are... There are two seasons out, but, you know, it's not the type of show that you need to have watched the other seasons to pick it up in season okay. three um, because they have long, like, years. Before. So uh, so you can see um, when it comes out on Netflix, like I said, it's season three. Um, you can, you can pick it up from there and pretty much figure out what's going on. I mean, it is, I obviously speak English. And so, um, but the other characters speak Spanish, except for, interestingly, the person that was cast as my right hand man, he and I went to acting school together, haven't seen one another since. He's Argentine and, um, and he was cast as my right hand man. So he speaks English with me. And um, but then he also speaks Spanish with other characters as well. Um but um uh what was I gonna say that um so yes, yeah, so the other characters are speaking Spanish, but it will be subtitled in English on Netflix, obviously. I mean mine will be subtitled in Spanish, <laughs> but uh, but everybody else will be subtitled in English,
0: yeah. Well and finally, is there anything you would like to say to your fans who have adored you even after all these years?
1: Well, I guess, you know, just the, you know, the thank you for, um, for just being you for watching and for all the years that, you know, I, I, when I wrote that book and I went on that book tour, um, everywhere I went, there were multiple generations that were that had watched the show and that's the real tragedy about some of these shows being canceled including guiding light it's because you would see like a great grandmother and a granddaughter or or grandson that were watching um they were watching the same show in in you know a lot of ways maybe they couldn't communicate but granny <laughs> New things that happened 50 years ago that she could tell them, I know about the Bowers here because, you know, so there was, there were lines of communication between um, these generations that Guiding Light and these other long running shows provided. And outside of those shows, that doesn't really happen anymore. Shows don't run like that anymore. So um, there was, there was with Guiding Light and, you know, hopefully these shows that are on will stay on because there was something lost beyond just a um, a show. There was something that that because of its longevity was able to knit generations together um, and you'd see that at the fan club gatherings. If you went to any of the fan club gatherings, I'm sure you've seen it on in and um, in, in things like this. You have people that know so much about, and people that are are conversing, that are together, that under other circumstances might not, you know, might not be friends, they might not make a connection, but this allowed them to have a connection, and I felt like it was really special in that way, and something was truly lost when, you know, when it was cancelled.
0: Well, we hold it in our hearts forever, <laughs> and we Thank hold you and you your I, character. Uh, yeah,
1: I, I, listen, I feel so, I feel so blessed that I got to be a part of it. So, you know, at times whenever I'm going, oh, man, I wish that show wasn't canceled, especially with my son going to Penn State. Boy, I wish that show was <laughs> <laughs> or, how, how much did you say again that this is costing me? Um But um, I, I am, you know, remind myself regularly. I was, I was very lucky to be a part of it to begin with. So I'm grateful and uh, I'm grateful for you for, um, for still remembering it and, uh, and asking me to be here.
0: Well, our thanks to the one and only Beth Chamberlain. And thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the chat, Beth. Have a great evening. And like we mentioned, come back anytime, please.
1: Thank you. And thank you all. I really appreciate And I appreciate the really terrific questions as well. Made this very easy.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Have hey. a good night, <laughs> Bye. And then, of course, Alan, where can our listeners find you on the Twitter? You can follow me on Rappa. Awesome. Tiggs, what about yourself, my dear? With the Ben Master part two. And you can follow me on Twitter at S You can catch our show on Twitter as well at the chat underscore podcast. And you can also find us on Facebook at the chat show podcast. We'll see you back here next week as we celebrate 60 years of General Hospital. Have a good night. Bye. Bye y'all. Wash your ass. Wear a mask. If you got to.